find as we go into the message that God's hand has been in this service already. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. This is the rest of the sermon that I had prepared for this morning. However, it became evident as the song service progressed. I was looking at time. I'm always cognizant of the time. Try to respect your time. And then wanted to concentrate on another, another statement in this passage of Scripture. But the, the sermon that I had this morning has five points. And I knew I wouldn't have time for those. And it's not going to take a lot of time tonight. But I knew that would be kind of tedious as we were wrapping up and wanted to give the group as, as much time. But when we begin to look at those five points, I want you to remember what Rick just read. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? <clears throat> the elders who are among you, I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but as being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word and the writing of your word so many years ago. We thank you for its protection through the centuries. And you've delivered to us, and we know there's a reason that we have this in our hands and that you've placed it in our hearts. And we ask that you would accomplish your will tonight through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. The Apostle Paul is urging us on how to respond to that all too familiar concept in life, and that is care, worry, burden. But he can say this with confidence, he cares for you because in the preceding verse, he's already given us ample assurance that God can handle all of our burdens, even the heaviest. In verse 6, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You have to understand that Paul, uh, Peter chose his words carefully. He could have just said, you humble yourselves before God and he'll exalt you. He could have said that. That would have been a true statement. But what he said was this, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Now, Peter knew what he was talking about because this term, the mighty hand of God was a favorite to the Hebrew people because the mighty hand of God was an expression that dealt with God's care for his people. 
It was an expression of God's ability to handle things for his people. And the mighty hand of God is seen throughout the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, I mean the, the Hebrew people that knew of the Old Testament immediately picked that up when he said the mighty hand of God. That was extreme comfort. I have to look back at the book of Deuteronomy chapter 3. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verse 24. Deuteronomy is being written at the end of the wilderness wandering. By this time, Moses has seen God work in a mighty way. He saw the plagues. He saw Pharaoh's heart turned around. He saw what happened at the Red Sea. He saw the waters part. He saw Pharaoh's army demolished in one day. He saw God provide for them in the wilderness. He saw God's protection through 40 years. And in chapter 3, verse 24 of Deuteronomy, he says this, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth that can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? You have begun to show your servant your greatness and what? Your mighty hand. And you've begun. Now, I begin to look at that passage of scripture and Hebrew scholars said there's a word that is left out in some of the English translations. It's a great true statement. But the word that's left out is only. After everything that Moses had seen, he said, Lord, you have only begun to show me your mighty hand. Now, he'd seen a lot, but what he was saying is this, the best is yet to come. You see, he had seen the mighty hand of God. First of all, if you turn over just one more page to chapter 5, verse 15. What had he seen the mighty hand of God do? God has given them the Ten Commandments and he reminds them right in the middle of the Ten Commandments of who's, who's giving them this list. And remember that you were a slave in the hand, a land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. I brought you out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And you see, the mighty hand of God from then on was synonymous or equated with deliverance. So anytime a Jewish person would hear the mighty hand of God, they would think about the deliverance of God. Because the mighty hand of God, first of all, will bring you out. It'll bring you out of bondage. It'll bring you out of, uh, of sin. It'll bring you out of worry. It'll bring you out of doubt. It'll bring you out of fear. The mighty hand of God brought them out. Another passage of scripture. Turn over to the book of Ezra, chapter 7. Just a few chapters from where we are, still in the Old Testament. Ezra is before, right before the book of Ruth and Job and there, right toward the end of the, the history books, Ezra chapter 7. Ezra 
was a scribe over in Babylon and became burdened about the condition of Jerusalem. And Ezra wanted to go and see if he could fix things and build the city up and restore it to its glory. Ezra had a long job ahead of him. Ezra had first to go to the king and get the king's blessing to let him leave because he was a part of the king's palace. Ezra then had to make the journey from Babylon over to Jerusalem. And then Ezra had to somehow, someway, build something out of the rubble. And look in verse 6 of Ezra chapter 7. This Ezra came up from Babylon, and he was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. The king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord God upon him. Look in verse 9. On the first day of the first month, he began his journey from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came from Jerusalem according to the good hand of God on him. What's the second point? The hand of God, the mighty hand of God will see you through. The mighty hand of God will bring you out and the mighty hand of God will see you through. The mighty hand of God brought him through that journey, dangerous journey from Babylon to Jerusalem. Four months of either on horseback or on foot, it was a dangerous place. Mighty hand of God brought him through. And then the mighty hand of God brought him through the job. Later on, the book of Nehemiah, it says that, that he sat down with the people over in Israel. And he said, and I told them about the mighty hand of God, the good hand of God upon me. And they got the job done. You know, we have, we have work to do. We have work to do. Probably some of you have to go to work tomorrow morning. And you have to go to work Tuesday morning. You have to go to work Wednesday morning, over and over. And you know, the mighty hand of God will see you through. We have a journey called life. Some bumps and bruises along the way. But the mighty hand of God will see us through. Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37, verse 23. Psalm chapter 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord upholds him with his hand. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27, we read, The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting God. You may fall and you may stumble, but you won't far, far, fall far because the eternal God will hold you up with his hand. You see, the eternal mighty hand of God will hold us up. Psalm chapter 104. Verse 27, up till now, David the psalmist has talked about nature, 
the birds of the air. He's talked about the seas and those that live in the seas. He's talked about the trees on the land. He's talking about all of mankind. And in verse 27 of Psalms 104, notice what he says. All of these wait for you, that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand, and they are filled with good. You see, the mighty hand of God that Peter says to humble ourselves under will fill you up. The mighty hand of God will hold us up. The mighty hand of God will fill us up. And notice what he says, you open your hand and we're filled with good. And everything we have comes from the hand of God. And I think all of us, even our worst time, could look and say, but God's been good to me. God has been faithful to me. And then, one last passage from the New Testament. John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give to them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. These words were well known to the Christians by the time that Peter wrote that letter. And when Peter wanted to show them the rock-solid assurance of God's care, he said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Not just under God, under the mighty hand of God. And anybody familiar with the scripture knew about God's hand in the Old Testament and in what Jesus said. And we wrap it up with a summary. The hand of God will bring you out. The hand of God will see you through. The hand of God will hold you up. And the hand of God will fill you up. And the hand of God will never let you go. Now that can give us comfort in even the most troubling of times. We're always in the grip of the mighty hand of God. Is there anything before we close?